Welcome to the Rust Ball Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joined alongside me is my good friend Mark Belraj. And Mark, today's a special episode. It definitely is. Uh, here with us today, um, our old friend, but our good friend, Dr. Curran Badwell. That's medical Dr. Curran Badwell. Not that philosophical <laughs> shit. All right. Hey, Curran, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Um, so we're really excited to have you on the show today. As, yeah, thanks. Uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Of course, uh, of course, man. Thanks all, for having me. All the way from Minnesota, but born and raised in Toronto. Yep. Uh, so We've known each other for over 10 years, all three of us. We call ourselves the trio of the Three Musketeers. Uh, we've sent many, many, many a women uh, pictures of us when we've been drunk in a drunken stupor. <laughs> Clearly, because we're all... Well, actually, he's getting married. We, we've to, got uh, lots of stories with uh, uh, Kern, but uh, probably not uh, oh, not, shit. not safe for podcasts. No, 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 no. Here. His fiance listened to this podcast, so we won't, we won't divulge into those. But uh, much like us, uh, Kern, uh, you're, a, you're a big basketball fan, obviously, as well. Uh, uh, so just quickly, right off the bat... What's your earliest Raptors memory? Oh, my earliest Raptors memory would probably have to be in uh, grade two. So I remember I was watching the Raptors, and I think I was just like flipping through the channels, and then the Raptors game popped up. I don't remember who we were facing at that time, but uh, I was just like, I was just like, oh, what is this? I was like, this is just amazing. And then, uh, <laughs> and then ever since then, yeah. I watched the first Raptors game, and I remember we won in that game. And then uh, at that point, I started obsessing over Raptors games. So I like pulled up the Star Week at that time because that's how we used to find out when the games were playing. Right. And I got like the whole schedule. I cut out the whole schedule out of it. There was a picture of Damon Stoudemire in the Star Week. Put that out. Put it on my wall. And I was just watching Raptors games ever since. Nice. Uh, yeah. I think we all started around uh, Vince Carter time. Yeah. Well, Damon Stoudemire for me. Uh, oh. I was Ooh, I, fancy. Uh, <laughs> Doug, Doug Christie, Damon Stoudemire. Those were my boys. Yeah. Doug Christie. Uh, that's who right. was actually at the I think if I forget what game he I think it was at a Sacramento game, you know he was pretty big there. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're really uh, we we're all really big fans of the Raptors, obviously yeah. hometown team. Uh, and and uh, today is actually a very special episode because uh, well, it's obviously been a while since uh, the Raptors have won a championship and been a while since the rings have been released. But my boy over here, Kern has been waiting for his ring for quite some time. So without further ado, Mark. So we're going to do a little ring ceremony here. Um, We actually have the official Toronto Raptors replica ring. Um, We also have a, uh, actually a cool design. Um, Yeah. So the, so these, the second ring we got, um, I don't know if for all those uh, Redditors that are out there, there was actually, uh, I, Forgive me because I, I don't know the original artist, but he had made a concept art of a ring that he thought would look cool. And then I guess the manufacturers over in China got a hold of it. And thank God they did because they started making these rings that I think look way better than the actual rings. But I ended up ordering those too. So, uh, yeah, we got two rings to celebrate what has been a glorious summer, glorious year for basketball. And uh, we are still the reigning defending uh, champions. So It's reigning defending undisputed 2019 NBA world champions, the Toronto Raptors. I'd like to present the first ring. He's hailing from Minnesota currently. He will be returning to Canada in late July. Dr. Kern Badwell. Woo! This ring yes. is for you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, Kern, uh, what do you think of these rings? 
Dude, this ring is awesome. That, isn't it? Yeah, this ring is incredible. I've seen the pictures before, but it's nothing like seeing it in person. Super, super cool. Yeah. Super, super cool. World like... champion. That's what's engraved on this ring right now. Hold on, hold on. Let me, uh, give, give me your finger there, sir. I, I gotta, All right, put it on, put it on. I got to crown this one for our special guest here. Uh, in the meantime, Mark, go ahead. It's been 25 years. Um, we worked long and hard on our 24th year to get it to end the decade off as world champions. I'm no happier, uh, I guess we're no happier to, to uh, present this ring to our dear friend, Dr. Badwell. He has suffered as we have <laughs> to this up until this point to earn that ring. That's right. That's right. Oh man! So I'm looking at the ring right now in my hand. This looks amazing. It's super you, cool. Yeah. Right you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give him the other ring as well, man. We're gonna. Oh, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you unbox that one yourself. All right, man. I'm gonna unbox this I, right I now. I don't wanna. And presenting. There's nothing, nothing better than unboxing a fresh championship oh, ring. Oh yeah, that's true. And presenting. Like we won the championship all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Joseph Tai. His championship rings. Thank you, sir. Hailing from Toronto, young, young and Shepherd. Oh shoot, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, and, I will say, though, you do not want to drop this ring. The jewels <laughs> on this are super fragile, and they're made of plastic and will shatter. So we're all just putting on the rings now. Might as well make this a championship podcast. Uh, the Raptors had a great outing yesterday and even uh, two days ago against both times against Indiana, coming back within the last two minutes in that first game. And... Basically, more or less dominating all of last game, although we did uh, lose Lowry for a little bit. That's right, yeah. So I, let's start off talking about the Raptors uh, while everyone's uh, unboxing their rings and putting them on. Um, obviously, the dra trade deadline passed. Yep. Uh, we didn't make any moves. We stood pat. Uh, what, what do you guys think about that one? You, you think that was the right move? Do you think Was there anyone you were targeting during free agency? Or, or not free agency, but trade deadline? Um, I was targeting Kevin Love and Drummond, but I didn't want to give anything up. So obviously that wasn't going to happen. Right. Um, those two guys would bring something new to the team, but I think you got to run it back. I, 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 I 100% agree. How about, how about you, Kern? What do you think? Yeah, I think you definitely have to run it back with this uh, group of guys because, uh, I mean, you have to give them credit for winning a championship. You also have to give them credit for the way the season is going right now. And we're on a... 13 game winning streak at this moment so that's right making any changes would be tough to justify and it's really hard to see in the future if any change would impact us in the short term as well as the long term so well, I, I think that's a great point too because obviously if you're going after a guy like Drummond or you're going after a guy like Kevin Love you're gonna have to give up some assets for that and I just I don't know who I would want to give up outside of maybe OG and even still I would love to keep OG if we can uh I just I don't see anyone that I would want to trade, and so running it back to me makes the most sense, uh, especially in a year where you know we weren't expected really to uh, to to make too much noise. A lot of people didn't even have us, you know, in the top four of the East. Some of us didn't even some of the professionals out there were actually even saying we weren't going to make playoffs. So, but I've I've heard opinions change recently, and that's because of the run we've been on. Uh, not only has it been a franchise record run, it's also the second best in the entire season right now. Um, so I think a lot of guys are saying, you know what? I think the Raptors have that sort of championship mentality. And it shows. You don't win 13 in a row by accident. Um, you're not second in the East by accident. I mean, Milwaukee's having an amazing run. Um, these rings are sick. <laughs> <laughs> as, we all, as we're all just looking at him, looking at the, the gold in our hands. Um, we deserve this. The Raptors deserve this. Um, they deserve a lot more respect. 
but I think they're they're getting it now, and I think uh, experts are starting to realize just for what we bring. For, for sure. I mean, uh, and just as a small example and anecdote, you look at Reddit NBA subreddit. How many times are the Raptors in the top ten, like in terms of uh, uh, articles and stuff out there? Um, so yeah, like the Raptors have definitely increased in popularity this year. Um, I. I Hundred percent agree, and we're finally getting some of the love that we should have been getting for a long time. But you know, quite honestly, I still think we're not getting respected as much as as we should be. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. I mean, haters gonna hate, right? That's the saying. That's how the saying goes. Uh, it is what it is. But we didn't make any moves at trade deadline. I did like that. I respected that. What I didn't like was hearing that Messiah Jerry is still rumored to be a New York. That's right. Um, a potential candidate for their GM president position. Um, which didn't make any sense to anybody. I'm not sure how that. I'm pretty sure Stephen A. Smith probably started that rumor. But I won't go. I won't go into that. Um, but uh, they ended up signing someone, I believe, to fill that vacancy. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. In the intern, at least. I don't know what's going on. I could care less about what's going on in New York. Um, but Raptors not making a move was really good. Um, I, I oh. mean, let's let's talk about. If, unless you guys have anything else to add, I just. Uh, well, I mean, I think the Raptors are doing way better than expected so I, i'm super happy and we're fresh off the championship so exactly yeah. i think we all have championship pedigree now and i think but that value is really underrated until you get to the playoffs oh um absolutely. Yeah. yeah we've seen what happens before in the past we've seen new teams go to the playoffs and they just don't have the experience to get through the playoffs even though they may be really good in the regular season i think the raptors winning getting that winning that championship developing that pedigree and now running it back with these guys, I think uh, we have a lot to see in the playoffs. So I've, I'm pretty happy that we're actually running it back with the same team. Thousand percent agree. Uh, now let's talk about some of the other uh, trade deadline moves that happened. Um, obviously, the two big ones: Andre Drummond going over to uh, Cleveland, and uh, D'Angelo Russell going over to uh, Minnesota. And I guess in, the, in that exchange, uh, Andrew Wiggins went over to Golden State. Uh, how do you feel about these moves? Drummond was the... Let's talk about Drummond first. Drummond was the weirdest move for Surprise, me. Surprise, for sure. Because not only did he get traded for nothing, but he got traded... Now Now Cleveland has, what, three of the top 10 rebounders in the league? In Kevin Love, uh, Tristan, Tristan Thompson. Thompson, and uh, obviously the joining... I don't, know what, I don't know what the thought process was here. You have a long contract in Kevin Love, a long contract in Tristan Thompson, and now you have... Now you've, you've got uh, Andre Drummond, who's who could opt out and leave, which is what the belief is right now. Uh, although the Cavs are betting on the opposite happening, that he'll he'll resign with them right. because they can offer him the most money. They have his bird rights. Right. So um, I, I, they gambled. They didn't give up much. I think um, possibly a draft pick and a player. Uh, yeah, I'm not... I'm not cash. It was weird. Uh, yeah. Detroit imploded, imploded just like just like with a snap of the finger. It almost disrespectfully moved him. Well, I'm not sure what Detroit is going for. I'm, I'm assuming they're in tank mode now. They have no one left. Derrick Rose is their leading scorer, which, number one option. Which I thought Derrick Rose was going to be traded to the Lakers because the yeah. Lakers were looking for a point guard. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure what exactly transpired there. Uh, Andre Drummond in Cleveland. I'm like, I mean, Cleveland's still a bottom barrel team even with Andre Drummond, so I'm not sure where they're going with that. Like, I don't know what's Cleveland thinking at this point. Mm. Yeah. Um, and even Detroit, like I don't know why this trade went down, but at the same time, doesn't really impact much whether no. Andre Drummond's on Detroit or on uh, Cleveland. Both teams are aren't making playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, but with that said, I I think that really sweeps Andre Drummond under the rug. I think 
I don't know. I found that I found that as a very disrespectful move. And we were talking about this on previous well, podcasts, I mean, right? You, you guys all saw uh, Drummond's uh, a post, right? After he got traded, saying yeah. that there's no loyalty. Blah. Yeah. It's a business well, at the end of the day. He's well. He he and he had said that you know he loves the city and yeah. doesn't want to leave and um, he'd love to play in right. Detroit as long as he could. Yeah. So I. We can all agree that that was a weird trade out. Well, like Kern, what do you think about Andre Drummond to Cleveland? Yeah, I think um, I think definitely that was kind of a weird trade, like you guys said, right? Like it's it's not really gonna make a difference at this point. Why did Cleveland trade for him in the first place? We're not really sure. I thought I thought the idea was to maybe get him to a winning team and see if he can make some impact. Although uh, he's known for getting a lot of points per game, a lot of rebounds per game, but in terms of his impact factor, that's been a little bit questionable. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird trade, but I guess it went down regardless. And I, I we'll think see. you hit the, the 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 head on the nail on the head. What's it saying? You, you hit the hammer with. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think you a thousand percent got it right there. Drummond is a guy who puts up the numbers but doesn't really win games. You saw Detroit as a team that made playoffs last year. What's the difference? They had uh, they had Blake Griffin playing and healthy. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, but. Yeah. Andre Drummond by himself clearly, clearly doesn't have the same impact. So I forgot uh, Detroit had Blake Griffin. I yeah. completely forgot about this. They didn't really completely implode the team. Yeah. So, um, well, he's injured, so I don't know what they would have been able to get for him anyways. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the other uh, big trade, obviously, Wiggins and D'Angelo Russell. Now, Kern, you're from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a lot of friends who are native Minnesotans? Is that is that what they call themselves? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. They're just, uh, uh, they just, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have a lot of friends there. I mean, I've only been there for like six months so far. And most of the people who I know are also coming from like other areas oh, okay. in the U.S. Gotcha. or from so not Canada. Not too many locals. Yeah, not too many locals. And honestly, like anytime I've had a conversation with anyone there about basketball, they just don't know too much about the Timberwolves. Maybe I'm just hitting <laughs> the wrong fans. But uh, um, yeah, I I mean, it's Minnesota seems to. I I feel bad for them too, right? Like they've had hard time retaining stars. I know, like back in the day when they had, um, when they had Kevin Garnett, and uh, they had that one little time period where they were winning at a pretty high rate. And but that wasn't really about retention. They were doing. A, they did a. I think they reviewed the last. I don't know, twenty years or something like that. They only had one really successful season. That was Kevin Garnett. I think right more or less right before he left to go to Boston. The problem, I don't know if it's just the players. I think it's just the entire, they don't seem to know what they're doing. Um, you give Andrew Wiggins this huge contract. Uh, people debated whether he was worth, you know, LeBron James money with 30 million a year. Um, I think the problem with that was that, and and, and to, uh, to be fair to Minnesota, was that if they weren't going to do it, I'm sure another team was going to um, give... Andrew they Williams. don't. Well, the thing, the thing with me is, with the Minnesota organization is, they don't have a winning culture, and that's what Jimmy Butler had said too, that there's something wrong, there's something off about you know that's true. winning, and he was very disgruntled as we all said. We all thought it was a Jimmy Butler thing, but very possibly it was a Minnesota it's, thing, it's right? It's probably true, but at the same time, you gotta like they tried, right? They got Jimmy Butler on paper. That was a Good, good team, team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So they tried, and like I like we talked about this before, and and uh, like I would liken it to New Orleans when when they had AD. They tried. The roster was there. It's just it didn't work out for whatever reason. And um, I'm not sure if you can completely fault uh, Minnesota for that. I mean, they well, when you when Cat's putting up numbers like he's putting up, and you're still not winning. There's something wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. 
his numbers are truly amazing. 51% from the field. Uh, I think 25 points, 12 rebounds. I think he's getting a steal. He's getting a block. He's basically better than Embiid. Right. But again, who do you blame? You blame the organization? You blame Cat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point. Um, it's sort of the same issue they had with Kevin Love. Yeah. If I was to blame, I mean, it's hard to blame anyone, right? But if you look at the Minnesota organization, they've been kind of losing for almost 20 years now, right? Yep, Cat's right. been there for probably the last couple of years, right? So um, I think that's true with this whole culture of winning is not really existent there. or We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think this trade right now was done just for the sake of shaking things up. But I don't know if there was any clear goal in mind, maybe to... Maybe to impress Cat that we're gonna we're trying to keep a winning culture here, or we're trying to make changes that will help us succeed in the future, and maybe hopefully going towards retaining him in the long run as well. But and you're talking about bringing in Delo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, it's it's no secret that Cat uh, um, and uh, Delo are, are good friends. Yeah. I don't know exactly where they met. I don't know if it's from college or what have you, but. They are really good friends, I, and you know I think they play Fortnite together and all that stuff. Well, so yeah, the part the the uh, D'Lo seems pretty happy. Cat um, uh, seems pretty happy. Cat said, "Yeah, making moves like this will definitely make me want to stay in Minnesota." Right. So I think it was uh, I think to current to Doctor Badwell's point. <laughs> <laughs> Please is, call me current. <laughs> <laughs> to current's point, um, bringing him was just. Uh, to, to appease Kat to say that we're serious about making moves out of all win. But you're in the West. Well, I think it was also a way to say, hey, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins is not working. We yeah. tried it for, what, three years they yeah. played together? Yeah. And it just was not working. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, any change at this point is probably good for Minnesota. Yeah, and, it, and this was a Kat-focused trade, even though he had nothing to do with the trade in terms of just being in trades. But D'Lo, to me, got the real raw end of the stick mm-hmm. because you, you got... Um, Basically, you signed with Golden State. That was your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had heard a few weeks prior that the GM had said, you know, we don't want to trade D'Angelo without seeing him alongside Steph Curry because Steph Curry, I think, is more closer to return than Clay. And then what we see was this trade go down, I think, in the final, you know, half an hour, hour of trade deadline. Um, and you, you see Steve Kerr saying, yeah, we didn't think that... Uh, D'Lo would have been, was a good was match a good for, fit, for yeah. the team, uh, whereas Andrew Wiggins... Which is probably true considering that they're stacked on guards as it is, yeah. but at the same time, like, yeah, you can't have conflicting statements yeah. literally within weeks of each other. Yeah, and then and then say, you know, we don't... And then, and then uh, automatically demote Wiggins by saying, we don't need him to be a star. We got two guys that can probably do that. We just need him to play that position well and, and no pressure on him. Which basically means that you're not a clutch player, and you're not, you know, you're not a franchise type player, which, which we all knew is true. Yeah, as well. but you don't say it. I mean, I don't think you sh- you should say that when you just no, get when the you guy. Just got the player, yeah, for sure. And you you have him for four years, right? His contract just started this year, mm. so you have him for another. He's very young. Anything can happen. I think it's a good fit for Golden State. I think Golden State got a shit ton of picks, which I think was awesome. They have that one top three pick from Minnesota, which I think made the trade really worth it for them. Uh, it was a top top three protected first round pick. Yeah, it's top three protected uh, next year. But then if if it happens to be a top three pick next year, it's unprotected. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that in my mind is a good pick because you're either getting you know top ten or potentially top three the next year. So, yeah. Uh, assuming Minnesota Tanks, doesn't turn it around, which yeah. I don't think they still don't have the pieces in my opinion. 
Uh, I guess they're going to get D'Lo at the point guard, shooting guard. But are you going to drive him to the ground like you're driving Cat to the ground? I don't know if that's going to work that's uh, right. for a long-term future. So anyway, um, I, don't, I don't think they're going to have do much damage this season. So no, no. I mean, at this point in the season, I think it's a little too late for the Timberwolves, especially in the West when you have like three or four teams vying for the eighth spot. Portland, you know, San Antonio. Um, who else is vying for that eighth spot right now? I guess New Orleans would be in the running a little bit there. So, yeah, I think for uh, Minnesota, they're, they're kind of out of the playoffs for this year, um, which is fine. You know, they're rebuilding, I think. Um, see, Let's see if they can get a good draft pick. But again, they traded their draft pick, so if it, it is outside the top three. They also traded away Robert Covington, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, going over, that's probably the third uh, biggest trade uh, going over to Houston. Um, yeah, I think that was... Uh, uh, oh, Clint Capella. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. In, he's at Atlanta Jeez, now. yeah, there's actually a couple of big moves. I, I don't know why I forgot about these ones, but... Yeah, what do you guys think about Houston right now? Strange. Um, their tallest guy, their, their their lineup consists of the tallest player being six foot six. Um, they they faced the Lakers with uh, Rocco there, beat and, they, and they beat them. They and then they they lost the following night to Phoenix. Destroyed by Phoenix. Destroyed by without Phoenix. Westbrook though. To be fair. Yeah, Westbrook has been oh let's nods to Westbrook who's been killing it the last two months, three months, but overall. His averages is now 45% from the field. Um, he, I think within the last two months, he's second highest scorer in the league. Um, I think his efficiency has gone up tremendously because of the way he's shooting and the way he's changing. For uh, sure, Westbrook's, been a, he's Westbrook's adapted. been a killer over the last uh, month, I would say. Yeah. Probably even longer, maybe five, six weeks. Um, and this was after he started the season off slow. And, and I think people forget who he is well who he is but also he's joining a brand new team obviously there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve so yeah. i think he got unfairly criticized for the start of the season in which case he wasn't really even doing too bad he just wasn't getting the triple doubles that he normally gets yeah uh but now that he's been play- he's been scoring like 30 plus a night and getting near triple doubles so yeah well he's not sitting for that three-point shot he's driving he's either kicking it out or he's driving or he's getting those rebounds yeah he's definitely playing up to his strengths yeah and that's what you got to do, especially under D'Antoni's system, because you're going to have opportunity there. It's just your, your, your timing with the opportunity is very limited because D'Antoni's like a 10-second or less kind of put it up there kind of thing. But with your athleticism, you know, it just means more opportunity, um, but just a smaller amount of time in which to execute. Yeah, which is, I mean, Westbrook's a run-and-gun kind of player anyways, so I think that kind of fits him anyways. Uh, and, and Robert Covington fits in perfectly with that system. Uh, well, yeah, Robert Covington's a th- like the, one of the perennial 3-and-D type of players. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to bring some much-needed defense on you know, the Houston Rockets, um, and then he's going to be able to space the floor well. Um, again, though, do I believe in their small ball tactics? I uh, Listen, it's tough in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs, man, when you got to face a Giannis or you got to face an Anthony Davis, granted they did they did beat the Lakers, uh, but like who are you going to put on these guys? Jokic. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of really good big men out there. They have a rookie, I forget the guy's name, on Houston. So he's likely he's been doing pretty well in terms of the opportunity he's been given, which is very small. Listen, a rookie is not going to take no. on Anthony Davis I, or Giannis. I agree with that, but they've clearly decided that this is the route they're going to take. So they're going to put a lot of confidence in those kind of guys. Eric Gordon came back, dropped 50. 
So they got a lot of confidence in, in the players that they have. Whether or not it works, yeah, that's uh, that's extremely debatable, especially in the West. Well, I think what we could learn from the Raptors' win last year is you can't just have offense, you need defense. And the Toronto Raptors last year had some of the most underrated defense. I, I would say, in terms of defense, probably one of the best defensive teams I've seen in the last decade or two. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, our sets were good. Our zone was good. Well, our man-to-man was good. They just kind of revolutionized the defense game. Yeah. They put so much pressure. Uh, the amount of rotate rotations they they did. Oh man. At the same time, the Raptors also get credit for like just being long and lengthy players, right? They say that like a lot of our players that uh, they said that's a factor that's usually underrated Which as well, right? I, I kind of disagree with. I mean, outside of Siakam and and you know OG. It's not an argument to me. Tell, saying guys are lanky doesn't mean shit. In the yeah, NBA. like we faced Philly, who is a legitimate tall and long team. Uh, you know, like, so to me, the Raptors, when, when you got a six-foot point guard, I wouldn't say that's our strength. I would say, I think our biggest strength, really, is our grittiness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Terrence Davis has been popping off. We got guys popping off all over the place. Chris Boucher. Just, yeah, the amount of know. effort every player on yeah. the floor puts. We're playing like we're 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 a team that hasn't like we're still hungry, and I, yeah. that's 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 the difference. Yeah, we actually have some hardworking blue collar players on our team. Yeah, who are just like yeah, willing right. to throw it all out there to get us to win in any way possible. Yeah. And um, I think uh, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have done like such a great job with getting all these players and finding this talent outside of the draft as well and it's, it's gone a long way for success for us in this season that's that's absolutely right i mean i think if you had to kind of summarize the toronto raptors uh this season specifically as well is next man up we've been playing where you know with injuries and this and that and just whoever's been called up has been playing hard and putting in you know the numbers and and we've seen that with you know again like you said chris boucher uh Terrence Davis, uh, and even at the start of the year, uh, who who's our three point sniper? Yeah, um, Richard uh, Thomas Bryant. No, is it not Thomas Bryant? Thomas Bryant is the center for Washington. Oh, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, you guys all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and he was killing it, and then he got injured, and we haven't heard too much about him. But the point is, like. You know, whoever we called upon really stepped up. Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas, Matt yeah. Thomas. I would say the only <laughs> disappointing person on the team uh, would be Stanley Johnson, who I, I think is in the G League right now. We sent him to the G League. He, he was that bad, that bad for us. Yikes. Yeah, so. Well, and, and just uh, as a side note, I, I just want to give a little shout-out to uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who I thought came in and really played the, his role nicely on the Raptors and really carved himself a nice little role there so yeah yeah um in terms of other trades Iguodala Iguodala on on, on, uh, Miami it is what it is we haven't seen him play this whole season so who knows what he brings obviously is uh championship pedigree experience he's also a little old in my opinion um he definitely can do great things he's on a team that hustles you're on a team you're on a Miami team that's that's to me is the scariest team in the east um I know that Indiana just got Victor Oladipo back, uh, and they're still finding their way because they, you know, they added Michael Brogdon, um, and you have some emerging stars in uh, Sabonis, and uh, Miles Turner is sort of, sort of there, sort of not there. Um, so Indiana to me was a little bit of a threat, but I think they're not 
you know, they don't run really with us right now. But Miami is a team I could see just because of that Jimmy Butler factor. Uh, that could cause some trouble. So Iguodala just sort of adds on to that. Well, listen, when we're talking about the East, I'm scared about most of the teams, even Indiana, man. You're talking about a team that has uh, emerging stars in, in Sabonis and, uh, you know, like Miles Turner and those guys. And then you got Oladipo. Yeah. Who's finally back. Like, Indiana's a scary team. Yeah. Plus, they got Malcolm Brogdon, yeah. who's been really stepped up his game this year. Yeah. Um, well, it leaves a lot to be seen how Brogdon and Oladipo are going to interact with each other. On the ball, I mean, Brogdon's a very uh, unselfish player. Unselfish player, but that could also be as much hurtful as it is positive. Um, if he's, if you're not as involved, I mean, he has a great plus minus. Right. So I think if you're less involved, that sort of affects how much of an impact you have to the game. Not saying take, taking anything away from Oladipo, who's a great player. He brings he brings offense and defense, but you sort of have to mesh together because that's more or less your backcourt. I think Oladipa is a shooting guard, but he does play small forward sometimes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because remember they lost Brogdon to uh, Utah, so Brogdon's on Utah. So they kind of they kind of understood that. So let's see how they mesh. Sorry, say that again. Not Brogdon, um, Bogdanovich. Oh, Bogdanovich. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's gonna be a really interesting team to watch. I think they're definitely gonna pull it together before the playoffs. They are definitely gonna be a scary team in the playoffs. I think not too many people are talking about them right now. Um, they've had a winning record. They they've been doing really well, and this is without yeah, Oladipo they, as without well. Without Oladipo, and Oladipo's not even a hundred percent yet. So no. wait till we see, you know, playoff Oladipo. Oh boy, uh, scary yeah. team. And then then you have all the you know the usuals in the East. You got Philly, Philly Milwaukee. Let's, you got Boston. Let's, let's talk about Philly for a second. Um, I know we we've been talking about this privately, but uh, you Too guys dysfunctional. Too dysfunctional. Before you even ask, I think. All they have right now is talent, but unless they get their stuff together, I mean, we we already saw glimpses of it in the past couple of years, and every year we're we're saying they need to mature, they need to take that leadership role, and and really just be a veteran team. And they have yet; they're still trying to figure things out. And and I know, uh, Kern, you were saying about the it factor. Uh, yeah, so I remember a long time ago, Paul Pierce. Uh, famously said the it factor which the Raptors don't possess and I feel like <laughs> if you were really to think about this it factor I would actually apply that to Philadelphia right now I don't think they possess the it factor I think last year they've had Jimmy Butler who was, was the it factor. pretty instrumental in carrying him through the playoffs and was the it factor and you can see it's evident through the games that they played against the Raptors how much Jimmy Butler was impacting those games and how much um, how much he carried those te- uh, carried Philadelphia through all those playoff games. So like you guys said that there isn't that one guy who can step up into that leadership role. At least we're not seeing it right now, but on paper, they look great. Like you look at all the players and they've always looked great, right? They look great last year, this year, they look even better on paper, but it's just, it's just, they're just too dysfunctional right now. Well, I think for Philly, the reason why they don't have that it factor is because they don't have a veteran all-star. That it factor usually comes from an all-star who's also been an all-star for you know, five years plus. Yeah. Um, and you look at Embiid and, and Simmons. These guys are all still growing. Even Tobias Harris. Uh, Al Horford is probably their veteran, but he's on the tail end of his career. And, and he's not even really an all-star at this point. Um, so you're absolutely right. They, they don't have that it factor. I think Embiid needs, or Simmons, one of those guys, needs to be able to build up that, uh, that experience before they can have that it factor. Well, Ben Simmons needs to learn how to shoot. 
I think we can all agree on that because what you're seeing is a cluster on the court of Philadelphia players. You got, uh, they're not stretching because maybe they can't stretch or maybe because it's safer to be inside and they're tall. Makes sense. Uh, but when you have a cluster of players... But here's what I will say. That's nothing new. Philly knew, knew exactly what they were getting into when they drafted Ben Simmons, and they know exactly what they had with him this year when they seen Ben Simmons play for the last, what, three years? Two? Two three. years. Yeah, I, last two years. Yeah. So anyways, regardless, it's not as if like we didn't know that he can't shoot. We knew that. He does everything else very well, so why would you build a team around, you know, knowing that Ben Simmons can't shoot, why would you build a team the way that they built it? Yeah, I would. I mean, it's an interesting question. They're definitely a very odd build. Why? Why would you get rid of uh, JJ Redick? You know, like yeah. why would you get rid of your shooters? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in my mind, you can't blame Ben Simmons for not being able well, to shoot when he hasn't been able to shoot his entire career. And I agree with you. Look what Milwaukee did. Milwaukee surrounded uh, Giannis, Giannis. Yeah, with shooters. With shooters, and it yeah. makes and like they're at the top of the. Top of the league, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see the old LeBron teams of Cleveland as well. They've always surrounded him with shooters, yeah. especially in this decade. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got a team with Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris. Like, get some shooters in there. Although to be fair, Tobias Harris is supposed to be a shooter, but he hasn't been shooting too well this year. Um, I don't think his uh, three Wait, point me. percentage isn't as good as it should be. Um, yeah. So here's the question. Uh, no, here's a question I have for both of you guys is that do you think Philadelphia will pull it together by the playoffs? No. Emphatic no. I think there's they may, but the problem is is I think every other team has already pulled it together. I think obviously Raptors are on a hot streak. Milwaukee is just super super dangerous the top in the league for, you know, for a reason. Uh Boston all of a sudden, you know, they got rid of Kyrie Irving and uh, or not got rid of him, but uh, he signed somewhere else, and and now their chemistry is back back to normal again. Indiana's yeah. is dangerous, you know. Miami's dangerous, so I I feel like every other team is getting it. So even if Philly does figure it out, I think they're too late. Yeah, I think they're immature, and I said this last year that I uh, sorry I said at the beginning of the season um, that they're an immature team because they don't they don't sort of know how to get it all together, bring it in all together. Uh, they elapse in the fourth quarter. Um, they they look to each other uh, for a solution when they don't when when the people that need to look toward themselves for a solution aren't doing it and those are the guys like Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid. I mean Joel Embiid is a stud, does pretty much everything you could want him to do. Um, so I'm again I'm looking at Ben Simmons as being the issue here. Uh, he needs to I don't know develops. I mean he's young. It's I know the expectation in the NBA is really unreal for young players. They want they want them to develop by the age of 22, 23, and that's not a realistic expectation. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Philly's done some pretty drastic signs uh, for long term, like Al Horford and Tobias Harris. They have Josh Richardson as well. So oh um, man, Josh Richardson has got lost in the, the in the mix in the and, mix there, yeah. And that norm that's normally what happens because you don't have clear cut duties and responsibilities. It's sort of like a free for all there. There's no structure. Brett Brown might be on the verge. Of getting fired, I believe this year. If, if let's say they get knocked out in the first, I think he could get fired. I I yeah, think I he should that. be getting fired. Listen, yeah. like like you said, there's a bunch of talent on Philly, um, and I don't know if they actually got better than last year. No, I don't think. I so. don't think they got better than last year no. for sure. Exactly. So yeah, if they're if they're worse than last year, you you gotta let go of the coach. And that's the kind of thing they have a lot of energy, 
But if you're not controlling that energy, then it's just energy. It's not con- it's not focused towards right. something, right? right? So, uh, yeah, I don't see Philadelphia. To answer your question, Philadelphia won't get it together um, by the playoffs. They'll probably put on a pretty good front, but someone, I don't know, on the bottom half could not. I could see them getting knocked out first round. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see I, that too. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Usually, like, uh, well, especially this year too, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, usually, like, when you look at these teams, you're like, okay, like they look good on paper. Maybe they're dysfunctional right now, but they'll probably pull it together by the playoffs. I don't see that with Philadelphia this year. What? I remember that worry with Boston last year was right. that they were pretty dysfunctional through the season, but you always had that fear that they were going to pull it together. Kyrie Irving is going to do some magic and they're going to tear it up in the playoffs. Yeah. They were eliminated uh, by Milwaukee in the end, 5-1. to one, But I remember they won that first game, or 4-1. to one. <laughs> They won that first game uh, against uh, Milwaukee and everyone was like really on Boston's bow saying that they were going to win and then they just went down. I, I and, think, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, that was, that was. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think the, what's important to know with the Philly as well is they're notoriously a bad road team and they're sitting in fifth right now. So they're not going to have home court advantage in any of the series. So if that's the case, if they stay in the bottom half of the bracket and they're notoriously bad on road games. See you later. See you Bye-bye. later. Don't First round. Yeah, exactly. Out. First round exit, right? So just as we go on, we've had a long-standing debate since the first episode of our podcast, uh, Curran, about whether or not Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, top three point guard. Top three point. Sure. Top three point guard. Top three point guard. Oh, okay, I thought we were going to talk about if the world was flat or round, but... Uh, <laughs> do you consider him a top three point guard today? Not today. Who would you put if you... If, right now, and it could be injured players or active players, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, so... Uh, I, I would, mean, obviously Steph Curry's in there. Yeah, Steph Curry I would put up there. I, I would put Russell Westbrook up there, too. I agree with you. Yeah, and then uh, I'm trying to think... Uh, Damian I might even Lillard. put Damian yeah, Lillard. Yeah, Damian Lillard up there. Yeah, I think there you can make an argument for a lot of players over Kyrie Irving at this time. Uh, um, Luca, what does he play? Small four shooting guard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shooting I, guard, I guess. I thought he was playing uh, point for them. He plays there. every position. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the Luca front, it's been really quiet. I haven't heard too much from them. I think he got injured recently. It's ankle tweak. So yeah. he'll be out until after yeah, the All-Star. Yeah, a couple play. of games, but... Um, yeah, Dallas is doing well. I I don't think they'll make too much uh, move, uh, too nice. much of a run in the playoffs. But uh, you know, I mean, what more can you ask for in terms of you know? A lot of people didn't expect them to do this well, so the fact that they are. So, yeah, I mean, moving on from that, I forget. I think there's one trade that we uh, we didn't speak about, but a lot of the experts are talking about is the Marcus Morris from New York. Yeah, uh, to the LA Clippers. Who cares? Th- this is why I bring it up uh, because a lot of the experts are saying that it was such a good move for the Clippers to get another grit and grind kind of guy who can probably give you, f- you know, anywhere from 12 to 14 yeah, and, points. And, and, and I agree they didn't have to give too much for him anyways too. So it, yeah. it was like they obviously did get better. Well, it was a, another stab at Lakers and it seems like all the teams are like Golden State did this with D'Lo and now Clippers have done this with Marcus Morris because a rumor was that the Lakers are trying to get something done for Marcus Morris Clippers knew about this and said okay well they didn't give much anyway uh, they gave a draft pick but they're going to be a good team for the next like five years so it doesn't matter what the draft picks are really honestly speaking yeah so um, I, you know the Clippers again they did get better but whether or not that it helps their chances for a championship I don't think Marcus Morris is exactly no, no, the, no. You know the X I factor still, that's going to take them to a chip. I still peg uh, Clippers as winning the championship this yeah, year. Yeah, they were favorites before, and I would say yeah. obviously they're favorites after. So yeah, 
and Kuwait and PG have only played a handful of games together. But while they have been on the court together, they've been pretty successful um, as a duo, I guess you can say. That's right, yeah. So scary when it comes time. Yeah, that's a well-built team. Yeah. Definitely scary for sure. It's funny that uh, I always love reading Clippers and Lakers news because every move the Clippers make makes is a move that the Lakers did not make. <laughs> and you always hear like both sides of it as well. So it's always interesting. I just love the whole L.A. Uh, oh, just... The battle of L.A. is, is going to... Uh, listen, if they meet up in the playoffs, that's going to be one hell of a series. Um, I'm, I would be super excited to see that. Um, and again, if I'm rooting for any team between those two, like I want the Lakers to win because I do not want to see Kawhi Leonard win a championship with uh, any other team besides the Raptors. Yeah, that's true. I want him to feel as though, like, oh, yeah, Raptors was where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that, that's probably very petty of us, but I don't give a crap, all yeah. right? This is, you know. I know. Everyone's talking about he needs to build his legacy. He needs to win that fir- third finals MVP. But I was like, I was like, nah, man. I was like. That at the expense yeah. of the Raptors. Yeah. Well, funny enough, LeBron's on the same path that Kawhi's on. Just LeBron's a little older. Third team, if he gets it. Yeah. third MVP so right. it's exactly the same boat it's just no one's talking about about it but I guess it's because the Lakers are such a weird build as it is um, they're again they're no, no, another one of those teams where they've gotten players from way back playbacks like Dwight Howard playing like 2012 Dwight Howard who's actually going to be in the dunk contest um, so because clearly we can't get players in the dunk contest anymore so we got to revert back to past winners like aaron gordon <laughs> and dwight howard uh, to represent uh what i'm dunk okay with aaron gordon though he, that, that dude can dunk it's quiet i haven't heard anything about aaron gordon and the magic yeah he's not doing too well yeah i think he's doing okay um uh, but he should be doing better especially considering that's uh uh orlando uh someone's injured on orlando right um not sure Vooch is playing. Uh, Aaron Gordon's playing. Oh, uh, that tall guy. Uh, the guy who blocks and shoots threes. I forget that. Jo- uh, Jake. Jo- uh, yeah, yeah, I'm forgetting his name too. Uh, I was confusing him with the Denver guy. Yeah, me too. Um, um, oh, wow. I can't believe we yeah. all, all three of us forgot. It, that, that's going to happen, man. <laughs> that's going to happen. But anyway, so he, uh, Aaron Gordon should really be doing better than he is, uh, and he just hasn't really... Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, Jonathan Isaac, who who started, who had an incredible year this year, by the yeah. way. Was doing very well. Big step up from last year. Um, unfortunately, got injured. He's out for the season. So, um, yeah, this is, you know, Aaron Gordon's chance to shine, and he really hasn't, you know, done too great. Yeah. He's not doing too bad, though. Orlando was supposed to take the next step this season, right? Like, last well, season, they had a pretty good foundation. They went to the playoffs. They lost in the first round. Granted, they also faced the Raptors as well, but uh, they were not again, they were the problem is they went into, they're in the East in which every team got better this year. You well, know? They're, like, they're in eighth spot. Uh, they're with an under 500 record. With an under 500 record. But the ninth seed, which is the Washington Wizards, surprisingly. Really? Yes. Washington is ninth. Chicago is 10th. Detroit is 11th. Wow. Yeah. Atlanta has upped their wins. They're 14th, and Cleveland is dead last. Where's uh, Brooklyn right now? Brooklyn is in seventh place. Are they under 500 as well? They are under 500 as well. Interesting. Yeah. And this, this is your top three-point guard, by the way. He's the greatest. <laughs> the greatest to play the game, yo. Um, let's talk about a real greatest. Uh, well, no. Let's, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll retract that statement, but Damian Lillard's been playing like he's you know, not in, like from a, this world. a top three-point guard. 
He's playing like a top point guard. He's playing like a... A, a top three. four point guard. <laughs> <laughs> playing like a top three point guard there. He's one of those... Uh, no, he's been unreal. He's on a tear. Unbelievable. And he uh, knows. That that dude has the killer instinct. He has the Mamba mentality. Uh, rest in peace, Rest in Kobe. peace, rest in peace, rest in peace. Um, yeah, he's been unreal. Uh, I just... Portland's such an intriguing team because they're not doing very well. Nope, under 500 and in ninth place. Despite the fact that Lillard is... is doing amazing um i i think even um mccullum is still averaging like 20 points yeah. uh, i think he got a little bit worse from last year but he's still averaging like 20 points uh carmelo's playing well for them surprisingly they got you know hassan whiteside who's playing well out of for his them. mind Wait, so what's resurgence. going so what's going on here what is going i have i don't have any answers for you i'm sorry i'm gonna have to tell you uh, you can't be camp if we're gonna say Kyrie. okay memphis is eighth they're 500 what exactly is going on there? That's not happening in Portland. I don't know. I think the one thing about Memphis is they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, John Moran's playing like everybody hates him, uh, <laughs> and, and you know he, he's no—it's uh, no secret that you know he, he's been very vocal about all the things, including Iguodala. He's becoming a leader. Yes, and I think that's. Well, really I mean, you what can't say Lillard's not a. No, leader. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm, I'm, listen. You don't average forty-seven points in I think two weeks, yeah. and not I, I can't I can't I can't say that you're not good. I'm saying there's something going on. Something's not right. Carmelo's doing well. McCollum's doing well. Well, well, sorry. Um, Hassan Whiteside's doing well. Lillard's obviously killing it. What's going on that they're not winning? Is it the bench? I don't know. Like I, I don't know what's going on there. They got. Well, I mean the West is. Listen, they're deep. The West is deep. So no, but there's something if if if. If Memphis at 500 is an eighth. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they shouldn't be doing worse than Memphis. But again, I mean, they're nine, so they're not too far behind. No, they're, um, they're two games out of eighth. It's there possible. Go, it's right? very possible. So, there you go. So they're not doing too bad. And even in the East, they would be making playoffs right now. So, oh, uh, so yeah. it, it just comes down to there's a lot of good teams in the West. Yeah. Well, San Antonio is a 10th. And they're two games behind Portland. Yes. So and San Antonio is a threat every night. And I don't think San Antonio makes playoffs this year. I don't think so either. It's just too deep. Kern? I don't think so either. Which is yeah. crazy. This will be the first time, I think, in, in Popovich's yeah, career. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I was talking to Joe about, and I'm thinking that uh, I, was, I made the argument that Popovich needs to reevaluate his coaching style. I mean, I disagree. Um, you he, go first, though. Yeah, I'll, uh, I think he needs to reevaluate his coaching style. It's not working anymore. It's it's not his fault. It's just he's stuck in the old ways, and this is the new NBA. He's not stuck in the old ways. He just has a team that can only shoot twos. Well, it's not all... like he's got three point shooters and he's not using them. That's the problem, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy who who turned the San Antonio Spurs from an all defensive team uh, to an offensive team when when they won with Kawhi. You know, they were shooting threes and doing all that good stuff. The fact is, is that they got DeMar DeRozan, who's a notorious, uh, you know, long two shooter. He doesn't shoot threes. And LaMarcus Eldridge, who, who, again, doesn't shoot threes. So, again, I'm going to use Memphis here as a 500 team who's an eighth spot. As as a team that probably doesn't shoot as many threes and a team that doesn't have any stars besides the point guard, who is a rookie. So, I mean... You can make all the arguments to say that he doesn't have three-point shooters around him, but he has players that can play around him. 
He has got players that can play, but it has nothing to do with his coaching style. Like, what do you want him to do differently? I I, I can't tell you. I uh, to tell you the truth, I don't know what he could do, but I think he needs to reevaluate. I'm not a coach. I'm just an observer that's saying, "Hey, you're in tenth spot again." I'm using Memphis as a, as a, as, a, as the bar. That it's a tough West this year. <coughs> um, it's obviously. San Antonio is a strange team. They didn't want DeRozan. The only reason they got him was because they needed to get something back in return for Kawhi. Same thing with Aldridge's. I don't even think they really wanted him. It's just he was the only no, no, available no, no, no. guy at the they, time. They wanted him because... He when, was the only big free agent at the time. When Aldridge was saying, I wanted out, they were all convincing him to stay, including Popovich, who said, and I quote, that I probably overcoached him and I didn't need to overcoach an all-star. Yeah, but that's, that's just what he's saying. Right. Well, I don't know. I think Popovich is trying to make some in-season changes right now. Like, for example, LaMarcus Aldridge, right? He's shooting a lot more threes, right? And spacing the floor a lot more for people like DeRozan, so he would have more space to operate. As a result, DeRozan had this small stretch of games where he did quite well, and he was actually playing some of the best basketball of his career, too. So I, I think Popovich is... That's making... a great point. Yeah. Uh, DeRozan did have that stretch where he was playing amazing. Um, and, and, and again, like... I don't know what you want from Popovich. Again, I'm going to think Memphis <laughs> have nobody and they're in eighth. So you guys should at least be yeah. better than 10th. You yeah. guys should always be ninth or, you know, which is yeah. close. But now Portland's in ninth. And I'm, I'm posing the same question. What's going on here? I, I think Popovich's mentality is also that he wants to embrace every player's best characteristics, right? So, like, instead of making a player do something that they're not accustomed to do it just because the NBA is going System. in that direction... He goes by the system, but he also wants to bring the best talent out of the players as much as they're capable. So, For example, DeRozan, right? Like, DeRozan, we, uh, I guess he was encouraged to shoot more threes, and he was doing that, especially, like, towards the tail end of his career with the Raptors, but now he's been told to embrace his two and to embrace well, his style of game, and I think that's how Popovich operates as well. So I don't know if it's because, like, he's just not moving on with the game, that, like, the game is changing, and he's just not, like... Uh, he's just stuck in the old style. But I also think that Popovich just plays to the strengths of all his players as well and hopes for the best that way too. And that's what I think is wrong with system. Um, sometimes you have to think outside of the box. And for me, Greg Popovich is all about that box and staying within the confines. And I think that's how Kawhi Leonard sort of developed. And that's how Steph Curry even developed when he started taking these ridiculous shots that Steve Curry was like, you know, what are you doing? But, you know, Steph Curry had the courage... To, to do them and then, Steph Curry, and then Steve Kerr was like well I'm not going to question him anymore and he became an all-star and Kawhi Leonard was sort of the same way he tried to step out of his comfort zone maybe Pop didn't like it which I, I think we visually saw that as well right who's the Spurs third best player I have no uh, I guess no idea exactly that's why they're not who's the Memphis' second best player <laughs> exactly Good question. You got but two all stars. You're using Memphis two stars. as an example, but again, they're the exception, not the rule. OKC, I can list names. You know, they're those teams have. OKC ta- has transition. Chris Paul, man. Who you said didn't deserve to be an all star? Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't, does deserve to be an all star. But my point is, they have Chris Paul, and they're a team that made playoffs last year. So who's their second best player? Uh, Shea probably. Shea. Shea Alexander, who's doing well. He's averaging like 20. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah. But he's not like, would you say he's on a LaMarcus Allridge, DeMar DeRozan level? I don't no, think so. No, 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 no. Okay, no. so that's my point. <laughs> but the Spurs, they don't have the same kind of team chemistry that those other teams play. Because they're playing system. 
That's my argument. My argument is he's stuck in the system. And I think in this NBA, you can't get lost in that system. And I think that's why I'm saying Greg Popovich needs to evaluate. What's playing, the playing, playing to the player's strengths. That's Maybe, not a system. It is a system. To the player's strength? That's just telling the players to go out there and play. No, you're telling him DeMar DeRozan, drive in or take that two-point shot. Or LaMarcus Aldridge, do your thing to, As opposed to shooting threes. As opposed to changing the game plan up a little bit. Shaking it up a little bit. No, it's, pro- it's probably more than that. Like, he has a game plan, obviously, as well. But his game plan consists of taking the players and playing up to their strengths as well. That's what I'm saying, as opposed to, like, trying to get everyone to take those three-point shots. I, I, I think the reality is, is the Spurs don't have a cohesive roster. Again, they didn't want DeRozan. He doesn't really fit on the Spurs. Why not? Why not? Because he doesn't take three-pointers? The Spurs aren't a three-point team. Well, because they already have El- uh, LaMarcus Eldridge to, to take the long Those twos. are two different positions. You have a guy who He's takes a shooting long guard. twos, and you're, then you get a shooting guard who takes long twos. You're discussing a shooting guard with a power forward. There's, there's no, there shouldn't, there shouldn't yeah, be Yeah, but they there. take the same shots. That's, that's my no, point. No, they don't. They do. Long twos. Mid-range. That's their game. LaMarcus Aldridge maybe half. They do. Okay, I'll agree with you. They do half and half, but in a different way. LaMarcus is either standing under that net and putting up a hook shot or taking a long two. DeMar DeRozan is either driving in or taking a long two. But I don't think that inhibits. They're different positions. I don't see why you can't do that. You need to space the floor. But they still do that. Why? In- inside of the three-point line. The reality is the Spurs got two didn't good want players. DeRozan. They got two good players. We just agreed that they're two good players, and you still can't make it work, right? As opposed to other teams that don't have even more than one arguably good player. And they're making it work, right? That's I mean, I mean, there's a ton of good, a bunch of good examples of people who aren't making it work. Portland, Minnesota, Phoenix. Minnesota has one good player. They had to. Right. They had to. Andrew Wiggins so was playing well this year. So you just named a bunch of teams in the West, right? Did you name anything in the East? No. No, because the East is trash. I told you the West is deep. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what your point is there, but my point is. Is they're no different than these other teams, and, and we don't seem to be criticizing them. They don't need to change their system. Phoenix, Minnesota, like, come on, man. You're being unfair to uh, Minnesota to needs Popovich. to change more than just their system. And I agree with you, but I'm just saying, I, I think you're unfairly putting the blame on Greg Popovich, who has a 20-year resume of ch- changing his game and his style up. He's good enough to modify his game. I'm saying he's not doing it. I don't think he has the right roster to do it, but we can agree to disagree. Kern, what do you think? You could be the tiebreaker on this one. So I think that I would have to say that Popovich does have a 20-year resume, and he's shown consistently that he has won, even though the NBA was changing landscape, even from the year 2000 to 2015. I think their last championship was 2014, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. Popovich has proven that he can win, and he can change in times and adapt to the styles. Um, but I think this, uh, I think this year it's, I think it has more to do with the players and the team that he has, as opposed to Popovich himself, because Popovich has proven himself to be a successful coach. And I think given the right team and in the future years as well, uh, I think they'll be right back at it. Bingo. I agree. I think the other thing too, is when you look at LMA and DeRozan, it's both of these guys show that they couldn't really, really lead their own teams. Uh, LMA when he was with Portland and DeRozan with Toronto. They were good in the season, but never really made much headway in the playoffs. Uh, so you got a bunch of guys who are 
what I like to call pseudo superstars. Uh, they put up the numbers, but they're really not, you know, the guy that's going to lead your team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel like I would just classify those as, I mean, they're just all-stars, right? But yeah. to be that superstar player is the one who carries your team through the playoffs, is an effective closer. And, uh, yeah, and I think of, like, DeMar DeRozan and these players as being all-stars. They're yeah. really good players. Yeah. They'll carry your team through the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, um, that's where you can see, uh, that's where you start seeing gaps and deficiencies, and they yeah. can't carry their team all the way. And, and so. don't get me wrong, I love DeRozan. I think what yeah. he did for the Raptors was something very special and very important for the Raptors. Um, but, again, like, you know, the criticisms are real, and, and where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So. Yeah, that's true. DeRozan is still, like, one of my favorite players of all right. time, yeah. right? And he was definitely the most loyal Raptor that we've ever had until now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not the way things happen, but, like, it also happens for a reason, right? Like, we had to make those trades. And, yes, the criticism is real with him, and these are actual deficiencies in this game that has led to us actually ended up trading him yeah. for Kawhi Leonard. So there's a reason why we did this. Agreed. Um, so that is enough about that. So let's say, uh, let, here's a good question. Top three coaches right now in the NBA. Who do you got? Nick Nurse, Steve Kerr. And... Steve Kerr. I knew you were going to say that. And that pisses me the right off. Steve Kerr is a top three uh, coach this year. Spolstra's got to be up there. Spolstra's there. Yeah, Spolstra's up there. there. Okay, I got my three. So Nick Nurse, Steve Kerr, and Spolstra. Man, that is downright disrespect to one of the greatest ever, Greg Popovich, man. Oh, my goodness. We were just saying, like, this season, right? I mean, that's, yeah, did you say, you said this season, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I stick to it. I don't look at resumes. I look at the season because that's what you're asking me. Exactly. And Golden State's dead last, so thank you. Yeah. Still, still, still a great coach. So thank you very much. Uh, Mike Budenhauser, sure. Let's go crazy. You guys want to go buck? We can go buck. But Steve Kerr, to me, is still a good coach. Well, so so is Greg Bobovich to me. Not this season. Well, not this season for Steve Kerr. Then, like, Steve Kerr's got injured players. He's got injured players as opposed to Greg Bobovich that has nothing wrong, right? No, like, sorry. There's no Look. injured players, right? Steve Kerr still had Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell and is dead last. At least the Spurs are... Draymond wo- Green is saving franchises now? I didn't get that memo. Oh, so he's not a part of the, the core. He's not a franchise-saving player. If you put Draymond no, Green on... but they're on dead a- last. That's the point. They're dead last. At least the Spurs are, what, 10th? With healthy roster. Again, though. They're 10th and a couple of games out from 8th, probably. Where are they at? So, so you got a team that's dead last, that still had some decent players in D'Angelo Russell and, and Draymond Green. And then, but for some reason, D'Angelo Russell, pass. first of all, is overrated. We're giving Steve Kerr a pass for being dead last. Yes, I am. We're not we, it's just me, right? We are in agreement with that, right? That's crazy to me. That blows my mind. And then we give, uh, or you are giving Greg Popovich all this guff. Come on, man. Okay, even if I take Steve Kerr out, I'll put Budenhauser in. I mean, I agree. Like, I, I don't think Greg Popovich is top three this year, but the fact that, like. So then why'd you ask me the question? Because I knew you were going to say Steve Kerr. 
And that was my point. So I still, okay, that I took, I took point. your point into consideration. I changed my <laughs> opinion and I put Budenhauser in. So what's your point now? You have no point of asking me who the three top coaches are this, this season. No, but well, my original point stands. My point was that you, you, we give Steve, you're giving Steve Kerr a pass, mm-hmm. and, you, and for some reason, uh, you're, you're really criticizing Greg Popovich hard. But then I took it back. So now <laughs> what do you have to say, sir? Okay, okay, fine, sure. Fair. Anyways, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll, we'll let the fu- what, fans comment You, calm you down. can't handle the truth. Uh, I, I can absolutely handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. I'm sorry that you're flip-flopping, but okay. It's not called flip-flopping. You change your opinion based on advice. Look it up. Look it up on subreddits. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, anyways, so moving on. Uh, we're just about done on this podcast, so we'll leave it up for open commentary. Uh, anything uh, else in the NBA you guys want to discuss? Um, who do you guys uh, have winning the East? Raptors. Uh, I'd probably say Bucks, man. <laughs> I'll go Raptors. And uh, winning the West? Uh, Clippers. 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 Uh, and winning championship? Clippers. 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 I think it might be a better sweet ending to start the decade. Damn, I basically just said the Clippers will beat the Raptors in the finals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize what I well, that's walked what you myself got into. Y'all some twisted fans out here, all right? Um, anyways. We're so, realists, not idealists, all right? All right, Mr. Steve Kerr's top three. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that is the end of today's podcast. Very special episode. Thank you, Kern, for joining us on this yeah, one. Yeah, and thanks a lot for having me again, man. This is uh, this is pretty nice. I heard you guys' podcast. It was pretty it was pretty amazing. So it's an honor to be on this show today. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, in in, 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 uh, in 10 years when we have, uh, you know, like 50 viewers, <laughs> we're going to send you some of that residuals, all right? All right. Sounds good, man. And when you get that yacht, just remember who you're inviting. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure, man. The musketeers, man. The, the musketeers, musketeers. R- musketeers ride. I, I can't stop staring at these rings, man. Are they, just are like, they amazing? Yeah, I, I can't stop looking at them for like the whole pretty much hour. I was just staring at the <laughs> staring at the ring, trying on different fingers, looking yeah. at different combinations. It's fun to play with. Yeah. And with that said, that ends another episode of the Russell Ball Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully we can get current back in for a couple more episodes, you know, in the future. Um, and that is about it. So, um, signing off here. Uh, take care guys. Take care guys. All right. Take care everyone.